Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. Well, friends, today we wrap up the book of Deuteronomy, and in doing so, we wrap up the first five books of the Bible, the books of Moses, the Torah, the Law, the Pentateuch. Every time we finish another book, uh, honestly, I get a little sentimental. Once I know it might be a while before we go back to one of these, uh, but mostly, because I, I truly love these stories. I've probably spent more time reading and thinking about these biblical stories well, certainly than any other piece of literature, but honestly, I've probably spent more time thinking about these stories than, than anything else in my life. There's moments that I've gone to them and have found things that I needed, moments that they found me and spoke a word into my life that I didn't know I needed. And so it's, a, it's an honor every time I get to open these stories with you all. And don't worry. There's still 61 more books that we haven't read together. And at this pace, we'll be doing this for the next 20 years. And so that's a good thing. <laughs> I'll tell you, one respondent in our anonymous congregational survey said that my sermons, and I quote, are too biblical. And I want to say thank you, whoever you are. I've never felt so affirmed and encouraged in my sense of calling than when I read that comment. Now, I know I've said this before, uh, but Walter Brueggemann, who is an Old Testament scholar and is close to a rock star in UCC clergy world, as, as us Bible nerds get, he once said that the UCC finds almost anything more interesting to study than the Bible. And I think sometimes he's right. And not because the Bible's boring, but because of the way we read it, talk about it, the way it's misused at times. And so what we've tried to do is read these stories, not for the sake of banking away content so that we might remember which of Jacob's many sons slept with which of Jacob's many wives. It was Reuben and Bilhah, just in case you're curious. We read these stories to be transformed. Right, we read these stories to catch a glimpse of our God, to catch a glimpse of our world and even ourselves in the many remarkably human characters. And so I want to commend you. I commend you because it takes work. Getting things out of these stories and out of these biblical sermons, it takes work. You have to play along. You have to get imaginative. Right? You have to let your guard down and be willing to dance with the stories. Ultimately, we have to commit ourselves to search these stories for the still-speaking God who maybe, just maybe, has a word for each one of us today. So well done. By the end of the day, you will all be newly knighted scholars of the Pentateuch. So let's jump into the topic of the hour, Deuteronomy. This morning, it's going to be our last encounter with Moses. And we meet up with him. He's wrapping up his final sermon. He's standing in front of the entire community, and he has watched them all grow up as he's been wandering in the wilderness with them for the past 40 years. Whether they liked it or not at times, 
He's been their leader. He's been the person that met with God and then and then spoke with them. And I think everyone knows, everyone in the community knows that this is the last time they're going to hear him speak. Friends, the reading from Deuteronomy 30, starting in verse 9. Moses said, The Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in all your undertakings, in the fruit of your body, a.k.a. you'll have lots of babies, in the fruit of your livestock, a.k.a. your sheep will have lots of babies, and in the fruit of your soil. For the Lord will again take delight in prospering you, just as he delighted in prospering your ancestors. That is, when you obey the Lord your God by observing his commandments and decrees that are written in this book of the law, because you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Let's pause for a second. I was trying to get this right. I'm just going to check. Can you guys hear back there? Is this working? Yeah? Okay. So I'm going to recap because I was messing with it. Uh, Moses says all this prosperity and blessing is coming, right? Blessing, promise of healthy babies, healthy flocks, healthy farmlands, everything they've been hoping for, everything anyone should really hope for. It was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was promised to all of their descendants who struggled to keep the faith when prosperity seemed so far off. It's all theirs to enjoy. And all they have to do is keep the commandments and decrees that are written in the book of the law, in the Pentateuch. Sounds like a, a fair trade-off for them. But as modern readers, what do we do with that? Right? We certainly love the sound of all the blessing and prosperity, but all the, the laws, seriously, all of them? I know over the last, I guess, five weeks now, we've read through a ton of laws, through Leviticus, through Deuteronomy, and I might have even said that some of them aren't culturally relevant anymore, right? We've even tossed some of the cards on the ground, which may have been just me justifying having a tattoo, but maybe it's more than that. So which ones are the most important? Which ones do we keep? And I'm not sure I want to stick my neck out there and tell you which laws still matter, uh, which ones don't. It feels like a bit of a trap. So instead, I'm going to let Jesus do it for me. Here's a short reading from Matthew 22. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, yeah, an expert in the Pentateuch. And he tested him with this question. Teacher, Jesus, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And without hesitation, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. They try to trip up Jesus, and he pulls out some Pentateuch wisdom bombs, one that you guys are familiar with now. We read Leviticus 19, we read Deuteronomy 6, Jesus is quoting them, and he sets the record straight. But he's not done. He takes it one step further and concludes saying, all the law, right? All the law and all the prophets, a.k.a. practically the entire Bible, 
is summed up in these two commands. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's what it's all about. That's what the Pentateuch is all about. That's what Moses is all about. That's what we should be all about. Love God, love neighbor, and love self. You heard it here. And by here, I mean Jesus said it. And so let's take that summarizing thought with us as we say goodbye to Moses. We pick back up with our reading. Moses said to the entire community, as we just read, For the Lord will again take delight in prospering you, just as he delighted in prospering your ancestors, when you obey the Lord your God by observing his commandments and decrees that are written in this book of the law, because you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Then he said, Surely this commandment that I'm commanding you today is not too hard for you, nor is it too far away. It's not up in heaven that you should say, Who will go up into the heavens for us and get it for us so that we might hear and observe it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will cross to the other side of the sea for us and get it for us so that we might observe it? No. He says, the word is very near you. It's in your mouth, and it's in your heart for you to observe. Friends, the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So Moses says, love God, love neighbor, and love self. And he says it's not some heavenly enlightenment that you need a spiritual guru to, to bring down to earth for you. He says it's not some distant idea that you need a world traveler to fetch and translate for you. Love of God, love of neighbor, love of self. It's not something that only a priest can preside over or a pastor can bless. It's not out of reach. It's not too expensive. It's not reserved for the most reverent. It's already inside you. Right? It's always been there. Love of God, love of neighbor, love of yourself. Call it the promised land, the good life, the life of balanced energy, the life of the spirit, a life of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. That life is not out of reach. In fact, you already possess it. You may just have to become reacquainted with it every so often. As we said two years ago, almost to the day, at the beginning of the beginning, one of the greatest problems with the self-help books or with, with theological anthropologies is that many of them start with the assumption that you're broken, that there's something wrong inside of you, that you're totally broke deprived, that you're naturally sinful. Call it what you want. They focus on the broken insides of you so that you're forced to look outside of yourself for a solution, which is exactly where they opportunistically place themselves, with an offering plate or with a sequel to their first book that they knew wasn't going to work. But what if the promised land was already inside you? What if the divine spark was already inside you? 
What if he didn't have to send an expert up to heaven or an adventurer on a pilgrimage to help you find God? What if God was already everywhere? Side note, even though Moses says you don't really need me, you should keep me on the payroll. Right? Who else is going to teach you neat words like Pentateuch? <laughs> Friends, love of God is not easy. Love of neighbor, depending on who your neighbor is, can be really hard. Love of self can be one of the hardest journeys that we go on in life. But they're not out of reach. From the beginning of the beginning, you were created out of love. You were filled with love, and you were created to love. It's in you. It's already there. You've got this. And so at the end of Moses' final sermon, Moses is left cheering the people on. He tells them to love God, to love neighbor, to love themselves, and he reminds them that such love is already in reach. Then Moses tor turns towards the mountain, the one in which the Lord already told him would be his final resting place, and he begins to walk. He's 120 years old, and he turns to walk up a mountain. And the community watches him as he slowly disappears out of sight. Together, let's read just the final words of the Pentateuch from Deuteronomy 34. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah from the, across from Jericho. There the Lord showed him the whole land. The Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, when I said, I'll give it to your descendants. I've let you see it with your own eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And then Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried Moses in Moab in the valley opposite of Beth Peor, and to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not weak, his strength not gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days, until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded. And since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh, to all his officials, and to the whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty powers performed, the awesome deeds that Moses did, in the sight of Israel. So family of God, the Pentateuch, Deuteronomy, the books of Moses, love God, love neighbor, love self. Amen.
verse of the song are in the back of the uh, bulletin. When I was a boy each week, on Sunday we would go to church and pay attention to the priest. the holy red and everyone would kneel now daily on the differences everything is holy now everything 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 is holy now when I was in Sunday school we would learn about the Everything is holy now. 